Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. to deadline dilemmas ahead of game week three as always my name's rich we're here on fantasy football scout and a slight change this week but it's a, i think it's a really good change um for one week only we've got hippo um subbing in so how, how's it going hippo yeah thanks rich it's uh it's very good thanks for the invite on obviously the show's going to miss Praz. Praz, he's a hard man to substitute them for but hopefully we can do the best we can and solve as many deadline dilemmas yeah, it, yeah. it's difficult with Praz, but I mean, to be honest, you come with, I mean, Praz was like, get Hibbo on. Um, you've, been, you've filled in on burning questions many times as well. So I'm sure a lot of people know you. You've got the trust of Praz. So that's all we need. And, and of course, myself. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, we've known each other for a while now. Or we've spoke really on kind of DM and stuff on Twitter. So it's nice to kind of finally put a face to a name and chat to you as well. So. No, it is. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. And it's another one where we've got, I mean, it's Thursday night. So we're recording yet yeah, 9pm in the UK. We've got another deadline that's on a Friday. So the third in a row, I think there's a Friday deadline next week as well. So I think it's the perfect time to stream. And it seems like, I mean, do you think the big things have changed this week that have changed your decisions or what dilemmas you have going into that Friday deadline? I think there's been quite a bit of information. You know, I think normally you'll move from, say, game week one to game week two or game week two to game week three, and you'll say, what did we learn? Maybe nothing new, but the, like Watkins, we found out he wasn't on penalties. Older gear, or Saka, we found out maybe isn't on penalties. We found out Enzo was potentially on penalties for Chelsea. So I think there was a few bits of information during the week that they're maybe going to change how we're going to shape our teams in the, in the weeks ahead. So... Yeah, and the Nciso injury. I mean, for for a lot of Fair teams, that's a, that's a big one. And Fair maybe back. some teams have got lucky with that. Maybe myself included. Um, but I guess we we'll, we we'll get on to. to that we one. will. Yeah, I want to I want to start this week. We're going to work through a bit like we did last week um, with me and Prowse. We work through all the positions and the dilemmas that are there. But I want to start with with your team. Now, your team and my team are very very different. 
also i should mention we've got praz's team as well so we're going to have a look at praz's team maybe discuss what we think he he should be doing um so that, that should be a bit bit of fun as well um don't forget forget to like and subscribe and i mean a lot of data we've got today is from the fantasy football scout members area so there is a link in the description for 30 percent off and i know some big things are coming in the in the coming couple of weeks with the members area which you write for actually hippo don't you yeah so i basically write the captaincy piece every week which is is it redundant because like we basically captain like there's more to the captaincy piece than just captain holland but like this week it's very much Captain Holland, although there's always a certain amount of, say, fixture analysis. And we'll look at, say, good players. Like, so how will Bruno get on this week? How will Rashford get on this week? Arsenal attack. You know, so outside of kind of the key captaincy candidate, there's always a bit of, I think, anyway, decent analysis. But, yeah, that, that came out this morning. I, I still think it's not not redundant. I mean, obviously, Haaland's changed a lot. I mean, if Salah were to leave the game, maybe it would make a bigger case for, for Haaland every week. But... I think there's good discussions every week. Um, I mean, what's interesting actually this week, looking at looking at your team, you've got this. Well, actually, no, you've got Richarlison away, but most of the good fixtures or the good teams are playing at home. So it's interesting yeah. seeing, you know, teams that have got like 10 or at least nine players at home and then Haaland's maybe the best captain playing away, for example. Like nobody's going to do it, but it actually looks like an interesting week to play a chip. I know like some people are kind of talking about like a theoretical bench boost. You know, because if, if you had a spread of cash, such as, say, Pedro was like an eighth attacker and you had a decent sub-keeper and two good defenders, you could be having maybe like 14, 15 points from that. and Maybe. But I, I agree with you. The fixtures look as if you could nearly play a free hit. Chelsea's fixtures are amazing. Really like Arsenal's fixture. United maybe a wee bit trickier. I think Forrest are decent. But no, we'll, we'll, we'll work through, I think, position by position in our teams. And sure, we'll talk about goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders and forwards. So yep sounds good I, I think though we should start at strikers because i know you've got a player that a lot of people are looking at already in in jackson he seems to be a popular purchase he's one that is i made a decision last week that i wasn't going to get jackson by basically forcing myself to not be able to get him I mean, where, where do you think about jackson first of all are you are you biased because you own him or <laughs> i'm kind of part committed because i own him yeah if, if i if i'm being completely honest and when I was building, I suppose, my game week one team, I was looking at maybe my team lasting up until about kind of game week nine, game week 10, trying to make it robust enough to last until then. Now, for me, a key part of that was to get to game week three and have some Chelsea players in place. So that's, that's basically why I picked Jackson. I wanted to get to game week three, Luton fixture. Everybody was going to be moving to Chelsea to kind of try and put myself a transfer ahead. Now, He's blanked twice, which makes it a bit trickier. The fixtures are obviously very good, but I don't know. I think I, I I like him as a pick this week because I think if he had a scored last week against West Ham, everybody would have been all over him. Whereas now you're seeing people in the content space saying it's a sixty forty decision or a seventy thirty position or seventy thirty decision. Sorry, and like if I'm looking at these kind of stats, I think he was. He's fifth after two weeks for like non-paying XG. He's missed three big chances, but like some people think missing three big chances is bad, but like he's, he's getting big chances, which I think is I think is a good sign. And there was a stat that I think no side is coughing up chances at a quicker rate than Luton. And like we know, if we look at say the good 
team strength models. They would have Luton bottom of the league. So I think it's a fixture of the week, really, for me. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I'm kind of glad he didn't score against West Ham because, I mean, I like I said, I was you said you're pot committed. I was pot committed to not getting him because I went with, with Robertson in my team and I used a transfer. I knew I was going to be stopping myself getting Jackson. Mm. But, I mean, he's one of... So his ownership's not going to be as high as I thought and especially with what's happened with Pedro this week. I think, I one, think... one big question mark over, over Jackson is just the fact that he's not on penalties. I don't know if I weigh that too heavily in my mind, but I look at like previous seasons. I've liked having players like Puki. I enjoyed owning Solanke, even though Bournemouth, I don't think, had a penalty <laughs> the entire season. No, but it's nice to know that you could potentially have one if it comes up, but I don't think we can say that he doesn't have one because I think if Enzo had a stepped up and scored, like we could, we could have closed the book on that. Now, mm-hmm. If, if Pochettino's had enough faith in Enzo, he, he, he's basically put him in all set pieces, he's put him in corners, he's put him in penalties. So he seems to be a bit of a favourite with the manager. Now, is he going to give him another chance? Is Sterling potentially going to take the ball? Is Jackson potentially going to take the ball? I don't know. I, I think it would be nice for Jackson if he, if he needed to get off the mark for the team to give it to him. Do you know, j- yeah. just to get a goal, to get him going. But I think with Chelsea at the minute, there's a bit of noise that they could sign somebody before the window, and then talks about maybe reintegrating Lukaku, although that's a bit far-fetched. There's chat about Broja, but I think he's just come back from an ACL, and like loads of people have seen Broja in training picks this week, and went, oh, let's not touch Jackson, but he, he can't be anywhere near it in terms of match fitness. You know, I think yep. he'll have to come back, he'll play some minutes, he'll have to train, play some maybe under-21 or under-23 games, and then we'll see him, but no, I like Jackson this week, but I like Alvarez too. I think by the time Brozier, just to go back to Jackson, the, the time mm. that by the time Brozier comes back, the Chelsea good fixtures end. As in, by the time he comes back and he's integrated fully, so I am I am a little nervous not not owning Jackson. But I think the penalty thing would would take him from an acceptable pick, like as in because he's got incredible fixtures. I think that yeah. would take him from an acceptable pick to one where I'd almost think he's you know essential for you know for seven million, which yeah. ironically seven million is pretty cheap. But actually this season it's kind of not as in because the pricing is so fair and do you think he's worth that extra over pedro for example obviously a player we we know is on penalties well i think the needles moved in pedro this week yep. do you know i think i think if you had asked me closer to the weekend when he didn't play and when we didn't know anything about Nchizo or Nchizo wasn't injured at that point i would have says yeah, because like Pedro's stock had kind of went down quite a bit. Like, you know, if we're going to say, if we're going to try and put a number in his X months, 50s probably or 55s maybe fair for Pedro because he could play 70 one game, he could play 30 the next, and it's going to all kind of come out in the wash and it's going to even out. But I think it's great that Pedro's in pains. I think his man's now take a bit, his expected man's now take a boost with the Enchizzo thing. And I think looking at your team, you left yourself in such a way because you bought Robertson. You're not going on this week's AB2 transfers and you have a certain amount of budget now in the back that you couldn't really redistribute on the kind of going up the Alvarez or up the Jackson again. But I think you've had a bit of a lifeline because against West Ham, I think West Ham's a great fixture for Pedro. And even beyond that, and we've, we've talked about this before we came on the stream, would it be possible for Pedro nearly to be an eighth attacker? Because like there's so much money kind of washing about we're not, you know, we, we don't own two premiums, so it's possible they have a decent second sub or a decent first sub. And is it possible they can bury Pedro certain weeks 
and maybe rotate on a four and a half or a five million defender. I, I think it's possible. I, th- I think those injuries could have changed what the best formation if, is, even if, if there is a best formation. Because I was moving. The reason I brought Robertson in last week, if I just put my team on the screen for you know, people watching, but I was moving to this 4 5 1 because I wanted to get Trippier in a couple of weeks. And I was kind of happier to have you know Pedro and then Archer right in on my bench. Obviously, we've not yeah. only had Med- Pedro getting his you know minutes uptick. We could probably put him in the mid seventies, you know, with the information we have today. Maybe mm. maybe that's a little high, um, but I'd say the, at, at minimum sixty nine seventy. The sound bites from the Zerbe about him maybe not necessarily doing the tactical things that he wanted. It sounded like he did It wasn't. He needs to learn how to play the system a bit and learn how to press. Now, whether that means that with the a injury, he just forgets about all that and he just plays him more or maybe I don't know the series a wee bit unpredictable but I do think it, it, definitely, it definitely it definitely moves the needle and it definitely puts Pedro's minutes up especially well not even in the, the near term because it sounds as if Enciso's potentially out for the season it sounds like at least till the end of the year I mean there's all, all sorts of rumours flying around but it sounds like yeah it's it's medium to, lo- to long term um, and I guess it could be something couldn't it where Pedro I mean his stock we saw it drop like we said after this weekend. I mean, it could drop at any time again. Um, it's going to be like a volatile ride, but we've not only had that, we've had Archer signing for Sheffield United, which again means our, you know, eighth attacker could be, you know, a nailed on player, admittedly just for Sheffield United. But mm. It starts making me think there's, there's value starting to emerge in the strikers with, with a little bit of luck. We, I mean, we knew Archer was probably going to go to Sheffield United. Um, but the Pedro thing, I think is, is quite fortunate. Um, so I mean well, you mentioned Alvarez though so that's interesting actually because I'm thinking let's say you're on wildcard this week would you go Alvarez over Jackson Jackson over Alvarez I mean maybe you've not thought about it just you know to step back from the team you chose in game week one there could be maybe an argument to go for both but that's that's going completely in the opposite direction of kind of the four five one that you're talking yeah, about. You'd have both in Harland, then you'd have to drop one have... the midfielders, which is impossible uh, at the which, moment. Which which isn't good. I don't know. I, I do like Alvarez. You know what? I know I know some people really like Alvarez, and I think after where they look at how he does when he starts for Manchester City, and I think he has something ridiculous, like twenty attacking returns and twenty six starts in the Premier League for Man City. Like that, that's a crazy stat. But I think if you look at their squad and they let go of, say, Mares, Gundogan's obviously gone. They've lost KDB. They're going to bring some players in, but like they've been linked with, say, like people like Marius Nunes from Wolves. I don't really think he's a great player. So I think Alvarez is going to play more. I think Foden's definitely going to play more. Their minutes have gone up. But some people think Alvarez is playing in like this eight as opposed to playing the striker. But I don't know. I think once you're giving him minutes and you're putting him into that attack, it matters a wee bit less where he's going to play. And I think wherever he plays, he's that good a finisher. He's going to get returns. And when he starts, he generally plays about kind of 75 minutes. So I don't know. what I, I like him. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm part committed to Jackson. You know, I, th- I think loads of, like, call us content creators. Like, I think loads of content creators come on shows and they talk about their team as if, in, like, absolute terms. Whereas I'll admit when I'm kind of part committed. And I think here, maybe under a different circumstance, I would be looking at, Alvarez, you know, and looking at maybe one man Saturday strikers could could be a good play. I mean, most of this game we probably don't admit it, but you're you're kind of pot committed, or you make a decision, you make one little decision, and you could live with that decision for you know weeks or or months. 
as in like like people are seeing you know if they went for Saliba for example for example I mean obviously it's only it's it's only two two game weeks in so we do have to make these decisions um you know in the short term what's interesting with Alvarez's stats and I I want to look into it more um at some point because he did seem to play a lot of games last season with Haaland out as in he got to play you know almost the Haaland role because Haaland did, did miss a I mean he didn't miss a lot of games but he missed a few and mm-hmm. I am intrigued, and I was meaning to do this today. I just didn't have time. But I want to look at the stats, you know, of Alvarez playing without Haaland. Without, uh, without and with would be interesting. Yeah, because what got me thinking of that was there's FPL Pringle. Um, he's Man City, Man City correspondent. And he, he was saying how he thinks Alvarez is a great pick when Haaland's out. But he much prefers Foden to, to Alvarez as a, you know, as, as a pick when, when Haaland's playing. So... It did get me thinking, you know, what what do the underlying stats say? So it's something I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna look at. But obviously, it's quite a bit of work to find find the games that Harlan yeah. missed and Alvarez played. Definitely. What? How do you feel about just to kind of move off Alvarez? How do you feel about Watkins? Because loads of people have Watkins. He's had two returns so far. We scored a hat trick against Hubs in the Conference League. He's off the pens. We know he's off the pens because Douglas Luiz took one in the Premier League and he took one in the Conference League. So that's that's guaranteed. But people are talking about jumping off my head of Burnley and it seems it seems yeah, dangerous. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be selling selling him. I mean I mean I kind of see them all as kind of the same. As in as in you've got Watkins, you've got Alvarez, you've got Jackson. They've all got you know positives about them. Mm. Alvarez's main one is obviously he plays for Man City. We think we've got no evidence that any of them are on penalties at the moment. So you haven't got that as the as the kind of tiebreaker. Yeah. And that's why I feel like when none of these really stand out to me, and yeah, to answer your question, I wouldn't sell Watkins. When none of these stand out to me, I'm just happy kind of sat there with Yao Pedro you know, for, mm. for a cheaper price. Because what I'm looking to do in the future is honestly get in the defenders. There's so many good defenders. They're the ones that excite me. There's good value in defense. But there are. Is Yao Pedro like your Solanke? In a way. Kind of. I mean, I thought it'd end up being like a, a first sub, but then kind of with those first subs, like Solanke um, or like Pookie, I kind of like them when they're low owned. So you haven't got this price volatility as well. Because, uh, I mean, he could he could go anywhere, couldn't he? He could, he could be 6 million at Christmas or he could be, you know, like 4.9. I think the one thing I'll say about Joe Pedro is like fixtures. And I know we spoke about this kind of previously and you're talking like the West Ham. West Ham's great. Don't get me wrong. I, I, this all applies to us to Pinyan as well. Like, you know, so you're talking West Ham's fine. Newcastle, Man United, not so fine. Bournemouth's great. And like, this brings me back to the earlier point I made, that if you could bury Joe Pedro for like a couple of weeks and play like a five million defender or a four and a half million defender, you could roll him back out again for Bournemouth, which is what I'm thinking about doing with his opinion. But then beyond that, you're kind of talking Aston Villa away, Liverpool at home and Man City away. It's, it's a tough run for Brighton. It's not ideal, and I think that's where you would have the fourth defender, and then you could sort of rotate. You could rotate someone like Yao Pedro with like a, a Trippier, for example. Um, although, once you get Trippier in, their fixtures do get quite nice. So actually, probably wouldn't rotate. Do, do you see what I mean? As in, because I think you. I mean, if I go back to your team, you obviously like a strong bench. Um, for those listening, you've got Saliba and Adogi um, on the bench along along with Archer. So you must be yeah. planning to do some kind of rotation here unless it's just rotating defenders no but the whole plan here going into game week one was they built this is kind of what i touched on was they built something that was robust so mm-hmm. if my team took a knock you know like so say going from game week one on the game week two if one of my players got injured 
And all right, if it's Saka or like Bruno Fernandes or Rashford, somebody in that kind of mud, mud-priced midfielder category, you're going to move them on. But if it's like, if it's like a five million defender or a six million defender, well then, my theory with my team is that I'm happy enough to bury them on the bench for one week. And I did that with James last week. Where like, it doesn't really affect the structure of my team. Whereas we were look, looking at lots of managers went for say like Kabor, Bear, and then say Archer as a, and 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 their bench was like uber cheap. You know, you're talking two four millions, not four and a half. But I, I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me because I kind of think to myself, what if I have an injury? They kind of like me eleventh or tenth man. It's leaving me in a position where I have to spend a transfer that week. Whereas, where possible, I always want to get myself onto two transfers, and I always want to use transfers to take my team forward. If that makes sense. Whereas, yep. I think if you're firefighting from week to week, it's hard to stay at the front of the queue in terms of keeping your team fresh. So. That's, that's the yeah. This is this is one I completely agree agree on you with. Um, I mean, I didn't start with a four point defender either for for the same reason. I mean, obviously, I then ended up replacing James, for example, straight away. But I see James as a slightly different different player. Also, I didn't go for as nailed defenders as you. I mean, you've got you've got Estepinian, Chilwell, Shaw, Saliba, Udogi as as well. So you've got very very nailed defenders, all for all for good teams as well. It's a nice defence, isn't it? It is. It is. And if you can <laughs> put up with the bench points, I think it's good. And I mean, sometimes it annoys me getting bench points, but you always have to remind yourself it's a, it's a good thing. As in, you're going to get the price rises. You've got the players people want. That's a fantastic point, right? Because I think if you if you stretch your money out and you put your money across like 11 players, as opposed to putting your money across 15 players or, or at least 14 players, here I potentially have two price raisers on my bench, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas like like Kabore and Bear and these four million guys, they're never raising in price. Although like somebody like Gusto will raise in price, having enough money kind of spread on the bench, you're packing up the wee not point one raises here and there, which other people are kind of missing out on. You know. Although I'm kind of I don't. How do you feel about this? Very early in the season, I like to protect my money. So like James out was, I know Praz that. Praz doesn't do James out. And like that's like obviously he wants to wait for information and everybody should play their own game. But for me, once he's dropping kind of five point four, I kinda of get a certain amount of kind of early price anxiety and the fact that I don't mind if a player raises and kind of gets away from me. But one of my players dropping is like oh, it's like a big no no. I'm the same as you. And I guess it does depend on the, the season as well. I mean, one of the reasons I took Reese James out last week was because I looked at this this game week and it looked quite easy. As as in, because the fixtures are so good, it mm. didn't look like a week you have to use a transfer. Um, I think there's a lot of people sat there wondering what to do with them now. So I, I do take that into account as well. If there was a reason to roll into this week and take lose the point one, you know, I, w- I would have done it, if you see what I mean. I'll take a point one la- loss if there was a fixture swing that I was desperate to chase. One of the swings I was desperate to chase was obviously the week this week, Chelsea, is when the fixture swing begins. But mm-hmm. I, I realised when James got injured, I realised the reason I wanted three Chelsea was because I wanted James Chilwell and, and someone else. Although I would like Sterling, which actually gets us on to, to midfielders. It's a good, it's a good point. Because we have almost the same midfielders. We've both got Embremo, we've both got Rashford and Bruno. Both got Saka, but you've got Richarlison and I've got Martinelli. So, I mean, all five have good fixtures. I mean, Embuemos isn't incredible, but, you know, he's the the hot player at the moment that, you know, 
I wouldn't say essential, but he's get he's getting that way, mm-hmm. as as in a lot of people are moving to him. So, I guess can we start with Richarlison? Is that is that someone you're tempted to to move out? I think I know the answer to this with the fixtures, but he's been terrible. Yeah, he has been. No. He has been. He has been terrible. There's there's no way to dress it up. I think he had something like. 0.01 XG against Man United. I haven't written this stat down, but I've seen it somewhere, and I'm nearly sure he basically had literally no no goal involvement. His stats weren't I worth don't... writing down. To be fair, I look, yeah, I've looked at them as well, and there's basically no stats. <laughs> you know, I'm a Celtic fan, and like Pastor Coglu did a great job at Celtic, and I don't know how long Angel put up with those kind of displays from Richarlison like you know uh, there was some comment that he could shake it up he made some comment about that so does that mean Richarlison does that mean Son goes through the middle I, I think if I look at the kind of Spurs midfield like we're looking at three players like we're looking at Richarlison Son and Buemo and I think I think you'd agree that Madison probably is the pick of them now Richarlison wasn't great Spurs are now looking at maybe Jonathan Davies they're looking at this gift Orban guy and you're wondering could he play Son through the middle if Richarlison isn't working? So, like, I'm very much, I pick my players, I'll be fairly patient. I don't really like the punt, but, like, I looked at that Richarlison spot this week and thought I could change that to Sterling if I got news on Friday night that Sterling was starting. And that's not like me, but no, I just look. sound like you. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't sound like me, but I just I just looked at Richarlison and I've looked at the fixtures and the fixtures are great, but, he just hasn't really impressed me, but the, I won't do it. I'll stick with Richardson because I don't want to go down. They just have one free transfer next week. I don't want, like, if I can kind of put off a wild card as long as possible, that's my aim. Like, I want to get the next week with two free transfers and then I can address any issues in. And I think the second I go on the one free transfer and then maybe I've got three or four issues in my team in the one week, you're pushing yourself closer to the wild card. And that's not ideal at this stage. How much money do you have in the bank? By the way, um, two seconds. The reason I'm asking is I was just one million. So, one, one million. million. And how much is Richarlison? Seven. He's seven. I seven. Okay, because the the okay, so you'll be short of the move I was thinking of because there there could be the option of like Richarlison to Odegaard. Obviously not not for you. Because Richarlison, Richarlison was a mistake. Like I like I'll hold my hands up now and say like. I made a mistake with Richardson because I was thinking too long term. I kind of thought these fixtures were kind of beautiful, particularly from game week four. And Matoma was like such an obvious pick in hindsight. Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know, but you could have also, I mean, you could have also gone for like Martinelli. Obviously that would have got more points, but not much more. Um, I mean, you could have gone for Sterling. He, he's not, you know, I know he looked good in the last game, but he's not really done much. I, I think outside of Embraimo, there wouldn't have been that many players that would have, absolutely banged for you unless obviously you've gone for Odegaard and then freed up some money elsewhere but then you'll be giving up mm. your strong bench so I don't, I don't think it was that that big a mistake I can understand the appeal I I think there's a bit of hindsight there but just because obviously the stats do look awful but how how are you how are you to know and I, I think you do now have to hold him unless you can get to I think Odegaard would change for me because I think I don't want to get rid of Saka because of that penalty but as someone who has Saka and Martinelli, it makes me want to move towards Saka and Odegaard just so I've got the penalty covered for a great team. I mean, they're both great assets anyway without penalties. But the penalty the penalty thing's a bit confusing because Arteta made comments, and again, we don't know what's going on with Arsenal. 
Arteta made it sound as if he didn't know Odegaard was going to take the penalty. Now, yeah. there could be a scenario where he's kind of taking sack off penalties and then he's protecting them. Do you know, he's, he, this is some just, kind of, Or it could have just been the one penalty for Odegaard and it's or, back to Saka. Or, or it could have just been the one penalty and it's that, back to Saka. That, so that's why I'd want both. It wouldn't surprise... Like, somebody came out with... I've seen this somewhere where people were saying Sam Johnson's a, an England goalkeeper and they were saying that Saka not fancy it because Johnson knows him from the England setup and they give the penalty they would I don't know. I like I read yeah. that somewhere. I read that somewhere and I thought to myself, I don't know. But at the same time, I think like what? you use models, I use models, and the models kind of reacted fairly quite a bit the Odegaard. And I, I don't think it's a hundred percent not. You know, I think I think it's a split. I think you could maybe say it's 60-40 in somebody's favour. Like, if you're going to favour that Odegaard took a last penalty, I think you probably have to put it at 60-40 or 70-30 or something like that. I don't think anybody can say with any certainty, oh, he's 100% on the next penalty. I don't I don't think they can. Uh, you, you've got me wondering how many squads Johnston's been in recently. Because, I mean, I don't always look at the third-choice keeper. I feel, like it's been, I feel like it's been a while. I could be wrong. But then also, <laughs> by that logic, you could say that when they play Villa, Martinez was at Arsenal. For a while, when Saka Saka was, you know, even younger, um, so that's a fair point. But no, is it, no, is that, it... that 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 could be just stupid theory, you know. <laughs> but um, no, I like Saka this week, and I think like I, I had looked at the data, and like Fulham are really bad for non pen XG so far, and I think it's a bit of a concern for them because although there is some, I thought I thought I seen some stuff that Palinia might be potentially back, and he's. He he bolsters a midfield a bit, but I think Saka Odegaard are good picks. Martin Ali, he Jesus is back training. Jesus is training, which has killed my appeal of Inketia. I guess it I guess it would just for as a long term pick. Not that anyone was looking at him as as a long term mm. pick. I think that's and he did rise the other day. Um, oh, what? Oh, my my train of thoughts just then. I had a really good point in my head. What were we just talking about? <laughs> We're talking about Fulham and how bad they were in kind of non pen XG. That was it. That was it. Yeah, it's just um, Ream Ream suspended as well. Unless they've unless they've got the red overturned, so I'll be checking tomorrow on on the press conferences about that. So they've got Ream suspended. I think Tosin, who's not been playing, he looks like he's on his way out. I think I thought it was Saudi Arabia, but I believe it's actually Monaco. They were looking at him a couple of days ago as well. Mitrovic obviously went last week, so yeah, Fulham are, are not looking in a good place. No, how do you feel about? I know I'm going to kind of take you off on a tangent here, but how do you feel about the kind of reactionary hot takes on Twitter that you know you you start your game week one team, you pick say Saka, you pick Martinelli, you pick Bruno, and you pick Rashford, and they don't deliver in kind of game week one and two, and they maybe have decent underlying numbers, and they have good fixtures, and we're seeing a lot of people now saying. And this could kind of segue us on the Man United, but like people are now saying, oh, I don't really like Bruno, I might sell him. And I'm looking at Forrest thinking, I like it. You know, I'm looking at yeah. my Arsenal players, I'm looking at Saka and I'm thinking, Fulham, I love it. You I know, think, and the same from. I think we're the same there, Hibbo. As in, like, I'll, to, for me to make a move like that, there'd have to be a, either a fixture change, which we'd have known about in game week one, or an actual yeah. like material change. As in, like, with Watkins, for example, we know he's not going to be on penalties now. Like it has to be something like that. Like let's say Bruno missed a penalty, and then someone else took a penalty, and after the game, it was and this obviously didn't happen. After the game, it was said Bruno's never going to take a penalty again. If there was something like that, 
I mean, to be honest, I'd probably still stick with Bruno because the fixture's so good. But there'd have to be like an actual material change for me to change my opinion on a lot of the midfielders we've got. So I see the Man United midfielders as just hold them. And by that, I mean Rashford and Bruno. Mm -hmm. The Arsenal midfielders, I see no reason to change any of them. Maybe people are frustrated at Havertz. That's probably a more interesting one. Like if someone had two free transfers and nothing to do, how would you feel with Havertz after after two games? I wouldn't sell him before Fulham. No, same. Exactly. You know it's, it's a great fix. It's a great fix here, and the thing is, he's obviously a differential. Havertz, he's a bit like the way Richarlison is for me, and you're kind of all in. And I think, like, wh like, where do you go? Like, it's like if you're going to chase last week's points, are you going to buy a Matoma? You know, are you going to put yourself potentially up to two or three Brighton ahead of like bad fixtures? So, no, I, I, like, I see a lot of kind of very good teams, especially on Twitter, and they have Mark Miller, they have Odegaard, or they have even Havertz, who was like a more risky punt. And I think I would roll them on. Um, you touched on kind of Brian Buemo. Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing that people don't own Buemo. Like kind of blows my mind, and like even in preseason, like it, it, there were some pretty high-ranking content creators that were saying, like. <laughs> "Convince me, convince me, I'm bueno," and I'm like, "What?" You know, <laughs> like has has underlying numbers last year were just off a wall. They gave him pens, although there had been a wee bit of like some people weren't convinced he was going to be on pens, and some people thought Wasa was potentially because he had a good record in France or whatever. He's on pens. He's six and a half, although he's probably rose in price, and you're kind of thinking. He's such a good pack. Like, yeah. he's just, he's an incredible pack. And, like, I'm looking at people's teams that don't have Buemo now, and I'm thinking, no, you, like, that would be the one thing that I would correct. And, like, people are saying, oh, he's got Palace this week. Doesn't matter. I'd, like, go out and buy him. I agree. No, I agree. If you, Yeah, if you don't have a move to do um, and you've got transfers, do it. I mean, I, I would say you could wait, wait a week, but yeah, I don't see a world where I end up selling him, you know, definitely before wildcard. Like it, it does yeah. seem like a bit of a bit of a no-brainer at the moment. I, the, I think something that was quite lucky for those of us who do have him was obviously he was yellow flagged until the very last minute. That's right. So, so I mean, I couldn't believe how long. I mean, I think it had been he'd been shown to be training, and the flag still remained on there for you know a couple of couple of days afterwards. So I think that's why his ownership's so low. But also, I'd imagine that's going to mean he's going to rise like pretty pretty fast, especially if you know he continues to continues yeah. to score goals. And I know he's got, I know he's had the pains, but like against, against Spurs, he, he effectively missed like an open net. You know, yeah. he could, he could have, he scored two in the second game, and he could have scored two in the first game. And you're kind of thinking, like, he, and, and your wildest dreams, he's getting, he's getting the minutes, he's getting the pains, and you're kind of thinking, and your wildest dreams, he could never have been this good, and he's just like, ah, yeah, that's a crazy. Pick, I mean, pick. just just on that before we move on to defenders, um, I mean, would you do Matoma to Embuemo? For ex just as an example this week this week no no see i actually would no but again it's my I... penalty addiction that that would make me want to do it even though i don't think it's the best fixture for brentford i don't think brighton's one's that much better i like kind of looking at useless stats that give me kind of confirmation bias about certain things okay. and west ham like conceded like the most crosses or something from the right hand side that's it's not even close it's not even marginal it was like a huge landslide and look loads of people don't believe in this they just kind of think oh 
crosses from the right hand side, it's like farts in the wind and stuff like that. But if you look at how Brighton play, they just create a massive overload in the left hand side. You know, you're talking Estepina and you're talking Matoma, and I think I'm really hot in both this week. And I know that probably segues us on the defenders as well because I think we both kind of play a certain level, a kind of analytical FPL. And one of the decisions this week for people with good benches is do you bench a Stupinian? And it sounds crazy. Are, are you benching a Stupinian? I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, The only way I would, so I'm just going to put my team on the screen. And for those listening, I'll just read through my team really quick. I've got Pickford, Shaw, Chilwell, Estupinan, Bruno, Rashford, Saka, Martinelli, and Buemo, then Pedro, and then Harlan captain, with Rico Lewis, Robertson, and Archer on the on the bench. Now, <laughs> I love the I love the Rico Lewis pack. I know, I know. There's a yeah. It's I don't know what's going to happen with him. I I think I'm just going to keep holding and and hope it. You know, it's my little golden charm. But we'll, we'll see. Because he one move I did consider that would cause me to bench Estupinan would be if I did Rico Lewis to one of the Chelsea defenders. So let's say I moved into Gusto or moved into Colwell, for example. Then I don't I'll, like Gusto. Then I'll bench like Estupinan. I don't like Gusto. How come? I don't like... Because James will change his minutes or, or any signings could change his minutes. I don't like the thought of closing the door on three Chelsea. So whenever, whenever I came off James, I kind of thought to myself, for me, it was like kind of a straight shootout between Adoji and Spurs. Yeah, and Batman and like, if you're going to, Batman's basically like the FPL equivalent of like a couple Ovaltine. Do you know the, the drink Ovaltine? It's just like <laughs> he gets his minutes, he gets his six points, but he's like completely boring. Whereas Adozi felt a wee bit more exciting, a bit more of a man's risk. But for me, he's effectively like my fifth defender. But I could have went Cowell, I could have went Gusto, but I would have played neither of them this week. So in a way, like. I was looking at my team as it was at the minute and thinking, I'm going to triple on Chelsea and I'm not actually even going to start that player. So what's the point? And then I thought, what if Sanchez kind of comes on the frame as a keeper? Because I know we'll touch in keepers, but like I have Pickford Turner, you have Pickford Turner, Pickford Everton are terrible. And could Sanchez be somebody that I want to go to? Could Sterling be somebody that I want to go to? So no, that's why I brought my kind of quota down from three to two. And Chelsea had that. Yeah, I think the difference for me, though, is because obviously I don't have Jackson. So I've only got, obviously I started right. with Chilwell and James. I've only got Chilwell. Their fixtures, mm. I mean, they're good, but they're not good for a long time. As in, we've got like this four or five week window where we're going to be bringing them in. So, and to be honest, I'm, I'm leaning against doing this now. And it would probably be Colwell I bought in if I did it. But it would just be the fact I'd then have to bench a Stupinan. I don't know. I mean, Chelsea seem more likely for a clean sheet than Brighton. I mean, Brighton haven't kept a clean sheet. As much stick as other teams are getting for not keeping clean sheets, Brighton haven't either. Um, I, I think it's a bit too risky to, to do it. And I think that's why I'm going to that's why I'm gonna roll. But I, I wouldn't be against it. For someone who's not got Jackson, um, mm -hmm. I, li I like the Sanchez idea. I do. There were some comments earlier in the week that, that Chelsea see him as their number one, definitely. The only thing that, that gets me worried is it's Chelsea and the window's still open. So they could think that this weekend get a bad result at the weekend and they end up, you know, signing Buffon or, you know. <laughs> mm, could happen. Yeah. Could or happen. just some, I mean, obviously they're not going to sign Buffon, but you, you know you know what I mean. Like, they're just going to splash the money at any point, anytime there's a problem. Yeah. No, but like, in terms of like, in terms of my defence, like, I know we've got, I've got a Stupinian on there. Oh, I've got, I've got Chilwell. 
And I suppose if we want to talk about the needle moving this week, like Mudrick's out. And there had been a kind of tactical change in one of the games where Pochettino took Chilwell off because Mudrick was playing and effectively has space on the left-hand side. So I think we could see Chilwell getting up at a certain creative license against Luton. He could nearly play similar like left-wing forward. Like how he was playing against, was that Liverpool? or You know where you know where he had the goal ruled out for offside? Yeah, that was against Liverpool. That was against Liverpool. So his numbers have been good. I think he's fourth for like a sp- expected assist so far, Chilwell. And that's worth the reduced minutes in the second game. So I'm hot on him this week. I'm also, like my bench, my, my sorry, my defence feels like nearly like a free hat defence, but like Shaw as well. It's ridiculous. That's you why know, you don't want a doogie, or, uh, not a doogie, that's why you don't want Colwell or Gusto. It's also why I didn't sign a Man City defender. And I actually really like Man City defenders for like the next block of fixtures. I and like if I think I, I think if you're looking at like Man City defence, their fixtures are incredible. Giardi all, I think. I like him at five because you're kind of minimizing the risk because you're minimizing the price, if you know what I mean. Like you could pay five point five million for Diaz, or you could pay the five for Giardi all. And if he's benched, you could pick it in the chin. But I think from what I've seen with Giardi all, he looks he looks as if he can play a number of positions. Do you know, he looks as if he can nearly play like a left back, nearly play like a left centre back. He can play that inverted in the left hand side. Now I'm not look disabled or anything like that, but I like him at five. But then again, I looked at Man City players for my team and I thought. If I buy him, I can't play him this week. Again, which was kind of ridiculous. This, you know, this, but... this, this comes back to the, the Jackson thing again, just to bring it up, because the reason I was looking at defenders is because there's so many we're going to want to play, there's going to be bench yeah. headaches. So I guess a question actually would be, let's say Ruben Diaz is nailed. Let's say he will play every game, just in this ideal world, for example. <laughs> would you rather play Ruben Diaz or, or Jackson every week? It's not a question because we have to we, we have to look at this week. So if we look yeah. at if we look at this week, we have to play Jackson this week. But no, if I, if you're if you're talking about like a longer period of time, Let's like say which until player like game I, week eight or nine, I, who would I have more confidence on? I would say probably Ruben Diaz. Yeah, so that's what that's what got me thinking about the four five one, as opposed to committing to a striker like Jackson Alvarez. You know all the ones we spoke about. Well, I think four five one when we were in preseason. 4-5-1 would have probably looked optimal. But it would have it would have spat out two four and a half million forwards that were like non-playing or maybe limited minutes or something like that. Whereas now we have Archer. You're talking about Pedro as like a kind of like a backstop, but he's he's very playable. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know. I think I think there's about a I think there's about a method in your madness because you could play nearly four five one or you can kind of See the see like static formations. I just make a, I'll go off on a tangent here again. But see it. like sta- see static formations. Static formations are dead. And like people talk about these conversations, and you see them on Twitter. Three four three is the way they go. Three five two is the way they go. <laughs> no four five one. And really, where I think FPL has gone is successful. FPL is it's moved away from static formations. You could move between like a four five one to a three five two by having options on the bench and like. I know people don't like it. Like people, I think, are in a bad habit across the years of putting all their money under their first eleven. Whereas, take some money out, put it onto your bench, and move it about. Whereas, like you can say, well, no, I can bench Pedro. Away to Man United, it, you know. It, it's because I think part of that reason is. Do you remember a couple of seasons ago there were people who squeezed 
basically they squeezed Son, Bruno. There was this midfield template of five. All the money went in this midfield and they didn't stop scoring for the, for the entire season. I think it was I like, had Son. I had Son, Son. Vlad. Yeah, but there was a few. They were all expensive. So I think it was rewarded that season. So I guess, yeah, every season's different. Also, what I like about the 4-5-1, and I know you're saying it doesn't have to be a static formation because you could rotate someone like Pedro mm. in, in and out. Um, yeah, but what, what I like about that is, let's say Jackson were to get injured and you were playing like the 3-5-2. Some, some weeks it's going to be harder to find a replacement than others because there's not many good strikers. I think it's fair mm. to say. Or there can be this difference of price by one or two million either side as well right. whereas yeah. the defender let's say when reese james got injured there, there's yeah. so many players you can go to and if you've got ruben diaz and he gets injured there's all the other city defenders there's you know you might go back to james so they're mm-hmm. easier to replace as well so but yeah i yeah. actually agree with you i think a fluid formation like you know a four five one that can switch to a three five two that's kind of just just kind of coming back to like you're you're talking about saying Manchester City and like I'm just going to get the fixtures up on my phone here. Um, like you're talking Sheffield United, Fulham, West Ham, Nottingham Forest, and Wolves. Like that's that's in the next five. That sounds like printing clean sheet. That sounds like because it sounds like Ederson and it sounds like. If we look at, say, last season, you could see that like maybe Man City kind of underperformed for clean sheets. Like, if we look at Ederson's expected data and, like, the, the returns he had, and then it almost became a party because whenever Ortega came onto the side, he got the clean sheets, but he didn't only get the clean sheets, he got bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and he had, like, he had, like, these 10-pointers, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, everybody damned Ederson to hell, but he does give you that nailed root under the Manchester City defence. And while... I do like Guardiola. You kind of, and I do like Diaz. There's just one of a number of names. Like you do have Akanji, you do have Rico Lewis, you do have Stones that's maybe potentially going to come back from injury. And you don't know how Pep's going to shuffle a deck. And I do think Ederson's an option, but like, how how do you make a goalkeeper change at this point? We'll, we'll not move on to goalkeepers yet. Do you want to finish defenders? Yeah, I mean, I think because we've gone, we're just over 40 minutes. So we just, I guess, finish up on defenders. But I mean, I think yeah. the note, you, you talked highly of Chilwell. And I think, you know, if someone doesn't have Chilwell, that seems like an obvious move. It almost seems obvious to say it. That seems like the number one priority right now. Probably ahead of a stupid man, would you say? Absolute no brainer. I think yeah. about Chilwell. Do you know? It's the fixtures, I... isn't it? But I mean, it's Chilwell as well. But with those fixtures. Defenders like that have a habit of... I mean, a Stupinan could have got much bigger points, but they didn't keep the clean sheet. Defenders seem to have this ceiling where they don't actually have to do that much. And, you know, they can knock out a 15, 18-pointer quite with a little bit of ease. I'm always a bit worried about not having the the premium defenders that have got good fixtures. Yeah, but it's funny because the kind of... What we're referring to as kind of premium defenders... They're like mid price defenders, yeah, but we kind of we're, 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 we see them as premium because we know what y'all can do in his day at Chilwell and the stepping in. Now, I'll, I'll pose, I suppose, a hypothetical question. Like, say, say you're replacing James or say you're, you're replacing Gabriel, where would you go? Because let's assume everybody owns the stepping in Chilwell. Yeah, that's that's difficult. So, I've got Gabriel, where do I go? Hmm. I do like or your... James or James. Where do you go? I do like your Adogi pick now. 
I think Trippier, I wouldn't rule out Trippier if you had the money. I know the fixtures aren't easy. They're, they're at home this week, though, to Liverpool. Um, mm. There's a couple of trickier games, and then they get quite nice. I think Where I like you your sh- Adogi pick. Or Where probably... do you... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Where do you stand on this talk about Trippier being potentially a rotation risk? I did see a tweet about that the other day during the Champions League. And all I could really see it being based on was his age. Because he's, he's 33, I but... I don't really buy it. No, I don't buy it either. I mean, something that was good about him last season, he kept getting subbed. Um, you know, when the game was out, they, yeah. they'd won the com- game comfortably. They just subbed him off. You just subbed him off after 70, 75 minutes. Mm. Which, I mean, that worked out for him because he still racked up massive bonus point scores. The clean sheet got wiped. Instant max bonus. So... I don't see it, but I mean, it's one of these things we're not really going to know because we've not seen Newcastle in in the Champions League um, no. you know, in, in recent seasons. So it doesn't really put me off. I mean, obviously, oh. some, some quotes from Howell could change change my opinion on that. But yeah, I'm pretty set on going to Trippier shortly. And I, I think I, I know Praz is, or Praz was quite set on moving to him pretty swiftly as well. I don't want to get tunnel vision with it, but you know I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't want to have like Trippier in my sights like three weeks out, and then I can't see the wood through the trees when the needle moves. You know, I don't. I don't want an opportunity to come up and me then not take it because of I've kind of transfixed myself on Trippier. Like, but when I was coming off James this week, I was looking at say my two options were effectively a Doji and Batman, and like Batman, as I said before, he was kind of like a steady pick, but. For me, it kind of boiled down to needing like a playable option in game week four. Whereas I felt that Batman's fixtures, they got really good from game week six. But I felt like looking at kind of a doji, you know, you're looking, he's got Bournemouth away, Burnley away, Sheffield United at home, and then Luton away in this kind of next immediate run, although the, the fixtures are broken up by some, the book end up by some in between. He does seem like a bit of a flare pick, and then you're looking at kind of. Obviously, I watched a lot of kind of Celtic under Postacoglu, and that position and that system sees a lot of the ball, like you know, and 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 they get under kind of attacking positions. And I think we've seen that with Adoshi so far. So it doesn't feel like your normal kind of base pack, if you know what I mean. He feels a wee bit exciting, a wee bit of a risk. People are talking about Ben Davies and saying, could he pose a risk these minutes? When I look at when I look at the role that Adoji is going to be asked to play in this team, I don't see Ben Davies being able to play it. Now, it with, uh, Ange could come out and make a complete layer of me, but I think at Ben Davies' age, Andy's ability, you know, like they, they play that unverted fullback, you have to have kind of almost like midfielder-like qualities to kind of turn out with the ball through midfield, and I just don't really see Ben Davies as a kind of defender that wants to see the game in front of him. So, like, we had a bit of discussion in our kind of analytics, 65-128 chat, and like Crown, Ben Crown felt kind of similar as well. Like he felt that Adoji was fairly nailed. What do you think about that? The only thing that gave me a little bit of, of nervous about, well, there was two things. There was before game week one, a lot of Spurs fans didn't think Adoji would start, but I can I can let that go. What was a bit spooky was that obviously Pedro Porro, who a lot of Spurs players didn't think would would play, he just suddenly appeared in the team um, at the weekend. So it, it does mm-hmm. make me wonder: are the you know are the are the backs going to be? Are they going to be nailed? Like I, I wouldn't mind seeing a couple more 
a couple more game weeks just to feel you know that he's 100 percent nailed i'm probably at the stage where i'm like he's you know 75 80 percent which to be honest with that bournemouth away fixture you know i'll be more than happy to go there for you know for that price um i assume he's going to start right if he hasn't risen already because i guess he's not technically done much fpl wise Mm. he hasn't risen already i don't think it would take much because i think a lot of people are talking about him a lot of people are noticing him obviously we've got the spurs fixture swing so yeah i wouldn't mind seeing just that little bit more but that happens with a lot of players who are new to the league although i'm ignoring that advice when i go with um when i go with yao pedro and keep bigging him up so yeah but i think this is kind of where the strong bench comes on too because i don't I don't think I would have made that move with Adoshi if he if he was say like one of my best three defenders. If you know what I mean, I, like I, I wouldn't have thrown him on the like a back three and had no defensive cover. Whereas in this system that I'm playing, I've bought him and I'm not even going to start him this week against Bournemouth, which you know some people all think it's a waste. But like if he's playable, hopefully he's playable in Burnley. So if, if Pasta Cogley wants to rest him, he can rest him yeah. this week. No, your, team, your team's looking good. So before we, what we're going to do is we are going to move on to just look at Praz's team quickly and then we then we wrap up. But yeah, I mean, just so what's your, what's your move going to be then? For me? Yeah. For Praz. Uh, so if we, with your team, so we just wrap up your team. Oh, I did James the Adoji. That's and my free transfer. Definitely not tempted to move, move Richarlison on. There's not going to be one you tomorrow night after work. You Could happen. I know you make your decisions quite late, so. I I'll, like I'll, I'll kind of. I think it's a good managerial trait. I think like hang about the deadline and get as much information as possible. We saw that with Saliba in game week one, and the, I know people think this is the FPL equivalent of like doping or cheating or something like that, but it's not really. It's just information gathering, and I, I think the same. Like if, I, if 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 the needle moved kind of between now and the deadline and Richardson, and I heard some some sound bites I didn't like, I would maybe plump for somebody else. But the chances are. A roll on the two two free transfers for for game week four. Of course, of course, and I mean it's worth saying as well, yeah, because Chelsea's that kickoff. Chelsea Luton is the obviously deadline kickoff. You know, if there's, mm-hmm. I'm going to wait to the last minute myself. Um, so I'm most likely going to be going to be rolling because I don't want to have to end up benching Estepinian and overthinking it, and then I can go into with two transfers for next week. But yeah, I will be keeping an eye on the Chelsea news. I don't I don't know if there's much that would change change my opinion really i mean if reese james miraculously reappeared that's not going to happen maybe that would make me be tempted to do something like you know robertson to james and put mm-hmm. james in for his opinion but yeah i i think i'm going to be rolling this week so so pretty boring although i think i said that last week and i didn't um what i put, <laughs> what I put on screen now is is praz's team i'm just i'm just gonna praz i'm just gonna main praz team here yeah, well, I'll read it out for, for the listeners. So he's got Pickford in goal, Chilwell, Saliba, Estepinian. He's got Saka, Bruno, Rashford, Martinelli, and Buemo. And then Yael Pedro and Haaland captain. On his bench, He's because he rolled last week, he's got Turner. He's still got Reese James, who I think dropped in price. Um, yeah. Cabore and Archer as well. So he's got two free transfers and he's also got two million in the bank. So, I mean, Praz could literally go anywhere with this team. But he has to use at least at least one transfer. I mean, what do you think Praz would do, and what would you do if if you were in Praz's position? I guess that would be my question because this is quite an interesting team. I think it's quite similar to where a lot of people are because they got two free transfers. They don't have Richarlison, for for example. Don't have Jackson in place already. This is interesting. Um, 
Well, like my theory, looking at a team would always be like trying to address the weak link. And like if I looked at that team, like my concern, but like I play like ultra safe, like but my concern here would be if one of these three defenders doesn't play, he wouldn't have a sub. Do you know, but that's just how I play. Like because he's he's got, like all right, he's got well, Cabore I suppose cool, right? could play. Ah, uh, he well, he's not going to get you anything. Archer <laughs> obviously can't come on for a defender, and James is out for a long time. So like, yep. with me in that time, like and that team, I would probably be thinking that James would have been my weakest link, and I probably would have tried to beat the the, the price change. But one part of me thinks that the flare play there is to go Joe Pedro to Jackson. I thought yeah. I do you... <laughs> you smirked a little when you said it. Um, do you know what I do I... think? I, I do think that's the play. I do, I do, you know, it's Jackson's completely divided opinion on Twitter. You know, with like, like loads of people have kind of damned them to hell, and then the needle has moved, and like you're starting to hear LR talking about 60 40 Jackson and Soft 70 30 Jackson, and Baker was Baker was 100% 0% against Jackson, and he's he's moved. I think he's going to get Jackson, so I think it feels like it feels like an exciting kind of play. But again, things have changed with Joe Pedro, and you could you, you could arguably. Although, hold on a minute, how much does Prize have in the bank? Two. He's got two million, so he can go up to a seven point five striker. But then James, James is his weak link, like you say. It could go Archer to Alvarez, but then he's got a bench and headache. And um, I wouldn't say Archer, like because um, Archer's. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think with this team, I would. I mean, to be honest, I don't hate the move with Praz's team. I think Pedro to Jackson, and it's one of his two free transfers, so he's going to have two next week. You know, I think that's perfectly fine. So I know I've been bigging up Pedro all week, um, or all episode, but yeah, I don't hate that move at all. I think. I mean. Uh, Pickford to Edison, I did think that in my head, but I think that that can wait. I think Pickford at home to Wolves is a good fixture. I think he he that can wait. He's got that option, you know, with money in the bank down the line if he wants to go there. I think personally, I would just do James to someone. But who who that someone is, I guess I'd need to look at the rotations properly. I think my I'd lean towards getting a Chelsea defender like Cole Will. And just have Cole Will on the bench because I think that would be a great sub up until you know game week eight when he mm-hmm. you know, potentially Praz will look at wild carding. I think he's alluded to the fact he might be wild carding, you know, in that international break. So game week nine, game week nine. So game week nine wild card. So this team to last up to game week eight. So I think James to Cole Will. I mean, it frees up even more money, um, which is a madness. And then maybe he could do the Jackson move as well. So maybe he could bring in Jackson, you know, triple up on Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Whether he then wants to bench Saliba or Estepinian to play Cole Will, it's, it's hard to know. It's tough, tough decision, that. I don't, I don't really know how I feel. Obviously, I fancy Chelsea to keep a clean sheet this week, but I don't really know how I feel like about double Chelsea. Like, I, like, I, and don't get me wrong, I, I actually really like, like that. No, I like double defense. Yeah. I, I really like double defense, but that's how I feel about Chelsea defense at the moment. It doesn't give me. Follow me with confidence if I'm being completely honest. Where's Tam give them where's Tam give them the run around? Maybe I maybe I look at the odds too much. When I look at the odds of the Chelsea clean sheets over the coming weeks, you know, they're they're good chances. But I get what you're saying. And actually something interesting this week, I'm really looking forward to seeing Burnley play again. Which I didn't think I'd ever say, but I'm looking forward to seeing Burnley play again and to see Luton play again. You know, it feels like they've got promoted. We've only seen them play once. (laughs) Uh true. 
It's like two new teams have been added to the game. That's how it feels like to me. I've actually really liked the scheduling. I know this is tangent stuff again, but I've kind of liked the Friday night game, the Saturday afternoon game, the half five game. In some cases, like a half, like a later half seven game. Saturday I think mean, was weird. There was a lot of <laughs> it. Felt like the Reading game ended for me, and then there was still loads of football afterwards. Aye, there's been a couple of there's been a couple of weeks so far. I've watched like maybe four or five games and a weekend, you know, Premier League games, which is pretty good. But what, what's your what's your move then? My move for my team's just I think I'm going to roll, or, or for Praz's team, you mean? For Praz's team. For Praz's team, I think I would do James to Colwell, and. I would then I would then roll the other transfer, but I mean I wouldn't be shocked if he did Pedro to. I don't know if he will do it. I think Praz will keep two free. Honestly, he's not told me anything here. Um, I think he's going to do James to Colwell. That's my. Prediction. I think, and I don't have any. He's going to have so much money though. He's going to have three million think, in the bank if he does that. I think he'll do Pedro to Jackson, and then keep the bench of Cabore and Archer. So we better risk. But you could arguably say Kabore's playable. You know, Archer's not really playable yet. Not but he's yet. Going to become not yet. And then he becomes, like a lot of people have said, they become Brewster. You know, remember Brewster was 4.5 and he got one point every week. And But that, I think that's fine. For a 4.5 striker, I'm more than happy about that. You know, about that. How often is he going to need to actually come in? And I guess once Praz has sorted out James, his team's pretty set. I think there's stats in this. I think I think there's stats that your third defender comes on like not up? point your third sub comes on like not point three percent of the time. Like there's there's, there's Yeah. I guess that's taking into account not having injured injured players. I uh, yeah. I think your first sub they talk about it's been potentially you could be using your first sub and not even in a rotation, but like that you could use your first sub up to twenty percent of the time. Oh, so you I know, like one on one on five. There's a suggestion in the chat of James to Vardial as well. I mean, maybe actually he could go to Diaz. But you look at you look at Man City's fixtures, and you're talking kind of Sheffield United, Fulham, West Ham, Nottingham Forest, and Wolves. Like I said, you know, bankers. Arguably, you could be talking about doubling a Man City defence, and I don't know the EO for Man City defence. It's bound to be low because everybody's got like midfields at Chilwell or defences at Chilwell, or Stupinia and Saliba stuff like that. But I'm not really seeing any kind of like Ederson Guardiola. And if you look at that run of fixtures, I'm, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing many either. I've seen a couple of people with Edison. I mean, we were quite unlucky with all you know Stones and Diaz getting. You know, not we knew they weren't going to play before game week one. So I think that lowered the ownership massively. I'd, I'd be interested, yeah, to look at the year of that because I mean, I feel like the only people I really know. I, there's literally about three people I know who have Rico Lewis on the bench. Um, from <laughs> obviously from the game week one leak because he's cheap. I've seen. I think I've seen two people with with Edison in goal. Who must be must be very happy. So actually, I'm going to change my answer, James to Diaz. But well, then he's got a horrible week. bench headache. But he does yeah. have a horrible. He does have a horrible bench headache. So no, that's that's up the humdy to say the thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure he'll tweet it out tomorrow while he's on while he's on holiday in in Greece. I believe I could have got that completely wrong. So sorry, Praz, if I have. No, he is he is in Greece. Yeah, um, very nice. How do you feel about Pickford? Just a close. Um, Pickford. I, I, so I wish I'd gone for Edison and if I had a wild card right now I would switch that I would I would genuinely go for Edison but is it worth wasting a transfer for probably, probably not. not probably not like it's a good it's a decent I mean actually to be honest Wolves are looking a little bit better 
than I thought they would, or they did against Man United anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll be I'll be happy to give Pickford another a couple more games before before I make that decision. So that's how I what? feel. I don't feel very strongly. I feel like we could get lucky, and you know he performs, you know, as an average four point five goalkeeper. Yeah. I mean, look what happened what? to Ward and Everson last year. Like, as in Leicester weren't very good, but, you, you know, they still had these peaks and troughs and there was a lot of peaks in a row and a lot of troughs in a row, but there's a lot of luck with goalies. Last season, I went down the, <clears throat> I went down the two four-point nod goalkeepers and I did it in about, I did it in about game week four, game week five to kind of squeeze enough money to get like Trent and Salah. I had this, <laughs> I had this kind of master plan in my head and then it never really came to pass. But I got all Ward's clean sheets. You know where Ward went in a run where he kind of turned on the like prime Schmeichel and he was getting yep. like 10 pointers every week. I had every one of those clean sheets. So if I, if I ever said during the season, oh, I've been kind of unlucky this season, people said, no, no, no. Like Ward kept four clean sheets and you had all those clean sheets. So you can't you can't ever claim bad luck. But um, Oh, Hibbo, one thing. <laughs> what? Um, there's a couple of things in the chat. No, don't worry, we are recording. Um, nothing, oh, right. nothing really bad. Um, that stuff in the chat is confirmed. Luke Shaw... Got a, uh, so David Ornstein, Luke Shaw has suffered a muscular injury and is expected to be sidelined for an extended period. Assessments ongoing. Hopeful that he'll miss weeks rather than months. This is why you have a strong bench. Yeah, you haven't got a bench headache anymore. I don't have a bench headache anymore. Oh, I need to... And that's why that's why like people will, like, people will look look that's at their team coming on <laughs> coming on the Friday and they'll say, Oh, like what are you gonna do about Rashford this week? We had a couple of those last season. Oh, how are you, what are you gonna do? And Come Friday, the decision always becomes clear. Shaw, Ornstein, was that Ornstein? That's Ornstein. So that's that's confirmed. So, so it doesn't change you because you've Craigie. got... We'll just do a couple minutes and all and then we'll stop. But, okay, so for you, it doesn't change much. You can just play Saliba or Adogi, I'd imagine. I'll play Saliba. You'll play Saliba. So it actually sorts you out a little... I mean, you'll have a headache down the line. And then me, I'm just realizing this four five one with all these injuries sounds awful. <laughs> but um, so just to go back to my team, obviously I'm starting Shaw, Chilwell, and Estepinian. I've got Lewis and Robertson on on the bench, so I need to make a decision on if I go for Colwell. But oh, I don't want to lose Lewis. I feel like once all these Friday deadlines are out of the way, we might get some leaks, and I can play him more confidently. Who are your two sub defenders? Sorry, Nico Lewis and who? <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to say. So I've got Rico Lewis and Andrew Robertson. And Robertson's away at Newcastle. He could still roll. Well, because Lewis could start. Although none of the predictors seem to think he will. They seem to all safely put it at like 30 to 40%. I'm um, going to say something completely controversial. I don't believe in predictors. Okay. I, th- I thought you were going to say confidential then. I thought you were going to break no, some news. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't really believe in predictors, especially well. Apart from look, I don't really believe in Man City predictors. Apart from look, um, I mean, there, there can be bias there, but always is bias. Why every week? Why is there this dilemma? I was so happy with rolling after this talking to you, Hibbo, and now I'm like, I need to make a decision. I, I could roll. I could just play Robertson away at Newcastle. It's just got me thinking about Colwell. And I think any small percentage of people who were looking at benching Estepinian, if they had Shaw, they're not going to be. This um, was a really good test for like the whole concept of deadline dilemmas. But what I'll actually say is, it depends what kind of timeline we have here. Do you know, if Ornstein's say an extended period, then whatever injury he's done, it's not going to regrow overnight. So maybe it's Colwell, maybe it's Guardiola, you know, 
for me, like if I'm looking at that and saying, look, I've kind of, I have a robust enough team that I can take the punch to the throat and still move on the next week. I might just go to trip here because I've got money. Do you know I've got a million in the bank to kind of go five and a half to six and a half. And that's that's yeah. why I've got Robertson as like that placeholder. But then maybe Robertson to Diaz becomes a bit more tempting. But then it's annoying if Lewis starts. I can't believe this happened. We were literally just about to end end the video. Um, yeah, I think this one's well, going to be one we're going to have to we're going to have to mull over mull over tomorrow because it's it's tough when breaking news happens like this. But you're definitely well, going to be able to, to. I think here all all the defensive packs still stand through. You know, you could still move to the Man City defenders. You could still move to the Chelsea defenders. You know. There's there's options to go to, aren't there? There are options to I, go to. And I think if we were looking at kind of United's fixtures, United's fixtures after this fixture. Yeah, they I mean, they've got, Arsenal, they, they they've got Arsenal next week. So actually coming I'm off a bit of Man United wasn't the end of the world. And Shaw's, I think he's Brighton the week after. I think he's five and a half for what he is. Uh, he's five and a half. So I, I, don't, I don't really feel like it's the worst thing in the world. You know, um, but yeah, bit of breaking news right, right at the end there, Hibbo. But no, it's it's been nice, nice doing this, and I'm sure you know if Praz goes on the holiday again or is away for a week, if you're available, we can get you on again. And I'm sure when I'm off, um, you'll be Good able Monday to Vegas. fill in with you and Praz. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I still have still you told David Monday? To <laughs> I, might, I might not come back. You never know. <laughs> if they put on your annual leave request, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when that is, Hibbo. Uh, that'll do. No, that's been a lot of fun. And yeah, don't forget to like and subscribe. And like I said earlier, there's 30% off in the members area. Um, and there's there's some exciting stuff coming, which I'm sure will be shared um, shortly on social media. Um, but mm -hmm. thanks again, Hippo. Um, and see you all soon. Okay, thank you, folks.